I think I need another cheeseburger Dude, I watched City Slickers not too terribly long ago, like less than a year ago, I think. Well, this was City Slickers 2, by the way. I disagree. It was in 1 and 2, I believe. If not, I I don't know. I haven't watched 2. Now I need to watch 2. Fuck, because Curly dies in 2. Um... Do you know how old Billy Crystal was appearing to be in the original City Slickers, where his, quote, life was over, and he had to find a reset and redo everything that he ever thought he needed to be done? So his character in City Slickers, is that what you're saying? Not Billy Crystal, but the character he's playing. Correct. How old he was portraying. And mm-hmm. his name was uh, <clears throat> Pete Slicker. Uh, let's see here. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know, I don't know his name. Um, I don't know, 50? No. 40? Yeah. What? Yeah. God. Yeah. Watching it as, as a plus 40 pluser now, uh, mm-hmm. I was just like, really? Like you were, th-? and then you know what? Then I also start to think, I, I don't know, maybe watching the movie, I was like, man, I really need to go on a fucking uh, excursion of some kind and tell my <laughs> wife, like, I need this. I need this. And then I would fear that she would turn back to me and say, you do need this. <laughs> fucking go. Looking this up now, he was born in 1948. So, I mean, I got to think, what, what's the first uh, City Slickers? I would say that's 1990. Um, 91, so he's okay. like 40, he's 43. Jesus. Well, well, that's when man. it came out. So he probably, he probably filmed it right around that time. But it just kind of made me like realize that like, I don't know. Part of the movie kind of showed me that not even that long ago, ages are different now. 50s mm. the new 40, 40s the new 30, 30s the new 20, and yada, yada, yada. And this might have been like that right at that point of that threshold before all that changed. Because the way they like treated each other like they were dying, like this is the end of, like they're at the end of their lives. Like it wasn't like they were in the second half of their lives or like they were right. even like still. V- Viral. It was like we're. I've hit we the are, home stretch. Yeah, we've hit the home stretch. This is the end. We really need to start the end in a in a positive way. Well, I mean, City Suckers Two came out in '94, so yeah, I'm almost certain they are riding the horseback. City Suckers Two: The Legend of Curly's Gold. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that which I think like the 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 acting title is like uh, City Slickers Two: The Legend of Billy Crystal's Money Grab, (laughs) (laughs) co-starring Daniel Stern. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, fresh off a yeah, fresh off a fucking like Home Alone and shit. Yeah, narrating the last season of uh, The Wonder Years. Yeah. So I want to ask you this. All right. Hear me out on this. Not we've talked and it's we've talked about a lot of things. <clears throat> we've talked about specific subjects a lot. Poop seems to be kind of a prevalent thing here. But we've talked about uh Hallmark and or cards in general. Right? 
This yeah. has been a fun fact Friday with the shelf life of a card. We've talked about you know, Hallmark cards, expensive cards. Uh, Alan, uh, by the way, who isn't here, God rest his soul, <laughs> he's not here. Just <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just really tired. We're just hoping he's, <laughs> he's resting peacefully. <laughs> he's just he's hanging out with Curly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Curly from City Slickers and Curly from Stooges. I don't. I I banked on that because I didn't remember his last name. Anyway, um, shit. What was I saying? Oh, uh, him basically saying that he didn't like thank. He didn't like stupid birthday or gift cards or anything like that. I really loves gift cards, but uh, <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Thank you cards. I hold in a different realm. They're a different theme. Okay. Someone I, well, writing someone a thank you card for a specific thing. Okay. Well, I, someone think we, like, I, th I think we came down on this is like buying like, like, <laughs> I can't, I'll use the, it's wine o'clock somewhere. Rest in peace, Jimmy Buffett. Um, like, you know, like we have all agreed that those are lame, pretty much pointless. But I will say that like a card that literally says like, thank you on the front of it. And then you open it and it's just simply blank where you write the whatever hey we appreciate you and so and so for attending our such and such hey thank you so much for your contribution hey thank you for donating x amount of money for my kids fucking graduation fund that's going to get funneled towards natural light in the next six months <laughs> the little league team is appreciative of the donation of your case of fleshlights. We're sure we will find a use for them in the future. Batting practice is always hard up for things. <laughs> I just can tell if your balls are in the right place. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? I, I, it's the, I think we're starting a very formative uh, gift writing card career. Gift writing, Christ, a card writing career. But, I, okay, specific instance, friend, mutual friend of ours. Uh, you use that word mutual, really. That's the loose lip there. Yeah. <laughs> loose flashlight, if you will. A mutual uh, acquaintance of ours who is friendly to all parties. Correct. Uh, it had, had a had a offspring who graduated high school. Uh, <clears throat> me and a couple of the people give his daughter a gift, uh, and then no thank you card comes about. And then all three of us spent around about around a hundred dollars. That's bullshit right there. Because uh. that's that's your payment. Your payment, in my opinion, is the fact that a teenager was forced to sit down at a kitchen table. And I, you know, I don't care how much how empty the words are, but was forced to write those words on the card, lick that fucking shitty glue, close the envelope, and mm -hmm. find fucking a sixty cent stamp to put on there. I think they're sixty three now, and fucking mail it through a mailbox. Absolutely, yeah. your payment is their fucking their frustration. Their penance is your payment. That's right. And, and the, the parent supplies everything, the envelopes, the stamps, the paper, the pen. You sit your ass down and you say fucking thank you. I don't care how many. It, this isn't like a over or under 100 words or whatever. It, 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 I, I don't care about that. We I appreciated it. Thank you. Boom. 
like you said, Lick, here you go. I'll find a fucking mailbox for it. But they just, no one had to get 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 them a gift, her no, a gift, no. and that, it, it it was agitating. It was agitating. Knowing knowing full well that my mom had like a ruler that she used to smack my hands with. She now she didn't, but uh, I think mean, figuratively she did. What do you like? What's what's that look for? You sure? You sure? Yeah, she didn't smack my fucking hand with a ruler. She basically was like, sit down, you're writing these. I don't give a shit. It's, it's, it's non-negotiable. Yeah, that's true. Your mom's eyes are a ruler. <laughs> it's, 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 this is not a negotiation. Oh, you thought this was a negotiation. This is not. I'm telling you what to do. No. Again, greeting cards. In, okay, for example, I find this funny. So my nephew, who just turned 30... Um, Every year for his birthday, since he was, like, 16, I would get him, like, a princess birthday card, you know, like, Frozen or, uh, you know, just something something silly. One year I actually got him, like, a card that came with a tiara and a fucking, like, a, a magic wand, which I'm sure now is some sort of, like, appropriation <laughs> that's not allowed anymore. So this year I just decided, like, I'm going to get him. I got, <laughs> I got him a, uh, I got him a Valentine's Day card. Now, what I tried to explain to him was this. Do you know how hard it is to find a Valentine's Day card in September? So appreciate the links that I went to right. just to make the joke continue. And But again, that was a specific card for a specific situation. The thank you card itself, yeah, you just want them to suffer. I think that's it. You want to know that the person that you gifted... Something, too, that they didn't necessarily deserve based on your relationship with them, they have to go through some form of penance. Sure. Just writing the fucking thank you card. Me and likely somewhere between two dozen to, I don't know, less than two and a half dozen people outfitted her dorm room with a lot of stuff. Mattress cover. Uh, uh, dresser drawer dividers, slippers so they can take a shower and not get fucking athlete's foot, uh, a bathrobe, uh, like a carrying case for all your toiletries, uh, <clears throat> hanger dividers, uh, dresser drawer, th- like stuff that will go under your dorm room bed. It's It was basically pimp my dorm room. Dorm room. Yeah. And that's fine. Hey, shit, man, I wish I would have done it. I was looking through the goddamn Amazon registry. I was like, fuck. This is amazing. I should have done this shit. I should have fucking made this, made this happen. <laughs> you know what's funny is like once you brought this up, I, I and I had seen the pictures on Facebook, but I went back and I studied them. And I was just like, God <laughs> damn, there is a drastic difference between girls' dorm rooms and guys' <laughs> fucking dorm rooms, man. Yeah. Holy shit! I think for my graduation, I got I just got cash. Which is wildly inappropriate for a boy who's 18 years old. Yeah, I know what I bought with that cash. And I can tell you right now. Ditto. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. not a comforter. It was yeah. not a a fucking like divider for my toiletries. No, 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 no. It probably got inhaled into my body. That's sure. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my friends reaped some of the benefit as well. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I just said, like, "Hey, do you need some sandals? Hey, you know, I got some of these. The the, 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 the thong's a little loose. I'll just like put some super glue in there. And if not, I'll roll the dice. And I'll go barefooted for 
half a semester. And that's not all I'll roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I've got some and ones. They're coming apart, but they'll be fine. I mean, they're going to get wet anyway, right? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just, uh, but again, and you make a great point. Yes, your, your pedants, your um, time you spend to be tortured to write a fucking thank you card. Because, Grace, I've, I've, uh, I've gotten thank you cards from wedding parties from the bride and groom, right. To say, Hey, thank you for attending our wedding. And, and looking back on our retrospect and God, Christ, there was fucking 200 people. This goddamn thing. God bless you. Now, do I need a thank you for showing up that? No, I think I need to thank you. <laughs> I did. Well, maybe. Yeah. That make me, but I mean, it, it, it's, Weddings are nice, and you know, but you, you get the, the the dinner, and the, hopefully, if it's a, you know, a sound thinking bride and groom, it's an open bar. But anyway, again, I've gotten thank yous like, "Hey, we appreciate it," and I'm like, "Damn, y'all took the time to individualize this. This wasn't some sort of stamp that that went. Well, maybe it was, and they just did the hey, the the person no, and the thing. No, I've gotten those, and you know, the nice cursive writing and everything. But I, I'll say this, and this is not. Not a slight on anybody, but I gotta say, my thank you cards for attending weddings are is kind of cheapened now because I've only been to like three weddings. I'm not gonna lie, and mm. uh, I was the best man in two of them. Mm. And uh, the fact that you got a thank you card and I got a thank you card kind of cheapens my thank you card. <laughs> I put well. a lot. And I put a lot of effort. I put more effort into that wedding. Okay, for example, our legal counsel, uh, mm-hmm. Calvert, I was the best man in his wedding. You know how much I fucking stressed out about going to that fucking wedding because I had to give a fucking speech. I I had like, I had to write a speech. I had to write this whole fucking yeah, thing. I vaguely remember crossing paths with you beforehand, and you were uh, muttering some sort of weird fucking <laughs> satanic ritual thing, like ah, oh, <laughs> while popping me. down cigarette after cigarette. <laughs> I had I had practiced that speech up to a hundred times at that point. And I was probably just speed reading it out loud in my fucking mind, and uh, yeah. And yeah, again, if it's any I, consolation, it was great. I, I got I got choked up. The old man, uh, my God, rest. Foxy soul, he he thought that was amazing. So no, I know, and that that and yeah, well, fuck that whole thing because again, Foxy, God rest your soul, you son of a bitch. It's because of that fucking best man speech that he called me up in a drunken stupor. Me and your dad did not talk on the phone, but like twice <laughs> in my entire life. You guys, you guys talked in the basement with with stuff that you used for your graduation gift. Exactly. <laughs> but we did not communicate via the, the Bell Atlantic uh, very uh, often. And yeah, I remember. Fox, you didn't trust the grid. <laughs> <laughs> he, he calls me up when I got home from work one night and is like, Murr. I could smell the Heineken through the phone. And I'm like, <laughs> and he's like, I want you to give the eulogy. In my funeral, I'm like, ah, I don't really like having this conversation with you, Foxy. Uh, and yeah, and it's because of that best man speech that brought that on. And yeah, hey, so I should have gotten a thank you fucking card for that goddamn speech. You shouldn't have gotten one for being there. Hey, thanks for coming, drinking all of our booze and having fun. Where Murr <laughs> got to fucking like have a fucking migraine and bleed out of his ear while taking fucking 14 Excedrin just to make it through the night. <laughs> And smoke three packs of cigarettes. You got to be nitpicky about everything. Yeah. You got to be nitpicky about every fucking thing. It's my fucking way. 
Yeah, understood. Middle class holes, everyone. Fox man, Mer Allen isn't joining us tonight, but you got a treat later on here. Uh, uh, Irv Barkley from Crabs in a Barrel is going to be joining us. A brand new guest, new sounds, new sights, new insight, new opinions. Unbelievable. What are you holding your breath about? <laughs> You pumping things up is funny. <laughs> it's a, it should be a hype man, right? Or not. Or not. <laughs> it should be an anti-hype man. Yes. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, uh. But hey, we, we were we were all we were all miffed. We were all miffed about the anti-thank you. That's all. I just, yeah, but you know what? I know that the people that are miffed that are not you are actually going to follow through on their miffiness, where you are going to cave in some capacity and continue just to. Status quo, but be mad about it. Ooh, I might move the bar a little bit. I might not attend a uh, thing here or there. No, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but but this person doesn't uh, schedule anything. Hmm. I also have... <clears throat> I have word from a particular... Person in that person, well, a source, yeah, that uh, that they don't even know who sent gifts, so I can't even ask said person about whether or not uh, thank you cards went out because said person doesn't know that gifts even came or who sent them. Is said person the person who set up the registry? No, there's got to be a way that was his spouse. Well, I, what do you mean? Hold on, there's got to be a way of what of knowing who fucking sent what gift, like of like who, like. Hold on uh, a my things, my, my nobody, nobody, off. no, nobody. The, the, the camera's pissing you off, but no one knows about your camera. Okay, <laughs> everyone knows about the camera. So no, <laughs> like yeah. Dennis Riddle. Okay. By the way, you were like Dennis fucking Riddles from fucking Always Sunny in Philadelphia, oh, yeah. where it's like right. you, you think everyone cares about what's bothering you, but nobody fucking notices. It's so, so I'm great. a narcissist. That's interesting. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. God, I, I, like, I, I want to explain this in a way that isn't confusing any listeners. The person that I know that is the well, one of the parents of the person who received the gifts, the person that I am friends with, the spouse of said person, okay, is the one who set all that up. My friend, the person that I know, is oblivious. Has he was like, yeah, whatever, fucking registry. I said, hey, did you all receive my gifts? And and my friend said, that's a so and so question. Meaning, yeah, no, I believe them. that. I don't and know. I, yeah. No, and I hundred percent believe that. And actually, this is an instance where, for once, I will stick up for this person and saying that like they have no idea what's going on with that. They have zero. The, the, there is absolutely. Zero percent chance they had anything to do with this particular fuckery. <laughs> then that feeds into that person's like ignorance that they've suffered for fucking life about that. That regardless of what they do or don't know, that person needs to know. Like, hey, did, uh, did any thank you cards get written? That they're not. Yes, that th- th- I do not acquit them of that crime. But right. like, but like how it was set up. What was given, blah, 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 blah. Like they, well, yeah, yeah. With all due respect, that, that, that person probably doesn't even know that thank you cards are a thing. It's just, <laughs> just so you know. That person is sort of like, wait, what? There's You write on a piece of paper and thank someone and send it to them? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. You learn something new every day. <laughs> they should be thanking me for giving them the opportunity. Mm-hmm. To make our lives better. <laughs> That's right. She's like, hey, man, 
I'm appreciative to help your 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 kid out in college. Look at you. So good. Ah, you don't know how to say this. I, I had to I have a tough time. I'm like stuttering so much because I had to I think I had to talk in Morse code or something to not give out the identity of these people. But anyway, write fucking thank you cards, man. All right. Right, say thank you. If you, if you don't even want to write the card, fucking bet there's so many goddamn outlets where you can get a hold of someone. You can text someone. You can Facebook message them. Apparently, Instagram has a messenger. I'm, I'm a little behind the times. Whatever. Christ, fucking Telegram still a thing? I genuinely believe, like the way technology is progressing now, I might just have like William be like, "Dude, you're gonna fucking say thank you fifty times." With a different name in front. You can say the same fucking message. They're not going to know. And fucking yeah. hold hold an iPad up and be like, Thanks, Wes, for the thing that you sent me. <laughs> and just Beautiful. Be like, I'm, th- I'm, th- I'm, th- I'm tickled. Look at that. He's so cute. God, he's such an appreciative person. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. It, it takes nothing. It takes nothing. And you get all this free shit. $100, man. No, again, I saw that dorm room, and I was just like, fuck, me and Jimmy didn't live like that. Fuck no. <laughs> fuck. fuck no. I had a fucking, I had a beach towel that served as my cum rag for an entire semester. <laughs> I, this is the wrong time to say this sentence, but let me swallow it first. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Dude, our fucking dorm was so absolutely horrendous. <laughs> oh, that was that was that the invention of the uh, the trash burrito? <laughs> yes, it was. All right, well, we we had that. laid we had laid down a piece of carpeting like that was the full length of the room. It just so happened to fit perfectly. And dude, throughout the semester or two, I don't remember how long we lived there. Like I know there was broken glass on that floor, and we didn't worry about it because there were so many dirty clothes on the floor. So at the end of the semester, your brother was down, and I was like, Dewey, look. Everybody abandoned me. You know as well as I do that I have to clean this room. I said, look, I'm going to make it easy. We're going to roll this fucker up like a fucking burrito. He's like, a trash burrito? Yeah. (laughs) Bingo. A trash fucking burrito. And we just rolled. Like, I just decided that if it was on the floor and I I didn't have it in my possession now, that it was worthless. And we just rolled the carpeting up into a fucking, again, burrito full of fucking... Disease and fucking narcotics, and just dragged it out and threw it down the fire escape, and the room was a hundred percent clean immediately. That was it. That's all it took. So it's the greatest, it's the greatest sham I ever pulled, like on like any kind of like rental property. It's beautiful. Yeah. And so you like wiped your hands. You're like, Phew. hey, thank you, Dewey. I appreciate that. Yeah, for one. For once. <laughs> All right. I can get our composure together. Right? Thank you, cards. We're going to have a, a brief break where Murr tells you something about a warm, creamy chutney. We're going to get Irv Barkley on to tell us about Crabs in a Barrel podcast. He's going to stick around for <clears throat> Friend or Foe and Fun Fact Friday. Like a warm, creamy chutney. Get ready for another spoonful of the middle class holes. 
Welcome back to the middle class holes. Fox man, Murr. No Allen tonight. Again, don't, don't know where he is. Could be fucking anywhere. He's supposed to be in Hartford, Connecticut tomorrow. So I'll be sure to, with me. So I'll be sure to ask him, uh, was he fishing, crabbing, lobstering, mosquitoing? Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, a wedding. Oh, why? Hartford, Connecticut. That's terrible. Look, I don't fucking know. People send the invitation. I say yes, I show up. Or I say no, and I don't. Look, man, we got we got a guest, all right? I got to introduce him. Do you want to get to the fucking guest? I do, but I want to know this. If someone gets married and you spend a lot of money to travel to their wedding, should they reimburse you if they get divorced? <laughs> Oof. Oof. Hold on real quick. Irv Barkley from Crabs in a Barrel. Thank you for joining. Yeah, hey, happy to be here. Happy to be here. Now, I do want to hear your answer to the question. <laughs> uh, all right. We're getting ready to do I, friend I or foe. Let's, let's do two for one. Let's start with that one first. We have an amazing lady with a mullet we'll get to. But for right now, if someone gets married and then they get divorced, and let's say you've spent, I don't know, I'm just pulling a number out of my hat, $5,000 to go to Texas or Hartford, Connecticut, and then they get divorced, should they reimburse you for the cost that it's spent for you to go to the wedding? Uh, friend is... Uh, no, you know, it's, it's an event. You decided you would go to it. You agreed to this, uh, transaction. So no, they don't owe you anything or foe. No, fuck that. This is supposed to be written in stone under God till death do you part. And if there's no body in a casket, should you get your money back? Friend or foe, Irv, we'll start with you. Ooh. Yeah, go, going friend, because I've gone to a very remote fucking wedding and lived the the moment of being all the way there. Um, and, and just last year, actually, Italy. So pretty crazy. Ooh, so wow. so friend, I would say that was the sickest wedding I've ever been to in my life. So absolutely not. Foe? Holy shit. I traveled halfway across the world. <laughs> fuck this guy. <laughs> like, fuck that. That was some shitty... Like, I, I'm going to be telling stories till, till my grave about this crazy wedding. It would be so terrible to have to tell the story of the divorced, mm -mm. considering the circumstances. So, so that, that's uh, the foe in me. Would, okay, so would the wedding did the wedding pan out like just the trip it, itself was just good enough for you to be like, ah, fine, keep your money. I don't care. It, it was I wouldn't have gone if you didn't invite me. So I got to have this trip. Here we are. Or my is it, it wasn't I, that good? <laughs> well, my wife and I were planning to have a honeymoon to Europe. We changed our honeymoon, which was this like 13 day cruise thing to go all across the Mediterranean to go to that wedding. So I would have seen like seven countries. So oh, the foe. Fuck <laughs> 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 that guy. Yeah. Wes? Yeah. So first of all, foe, because we're going to have to now delay plugging. Irv's podcast, what you brought him on the show for. But I'm glad you. I'm glad you're a team player. I'm glad he's along for the ride. He'll stick around for friend and foe and fun fact Friday. Yeah, I don't know, man. First, I want to know if there's a statute of limitations. Like, if it's 20 years, uh, is there uh, been a gratuity? What's that thing where money becomes worth more money down the road? Uh, interest. Interest. Well, no, not interest. Inflation. Sorry, clip by a couple of eyes. I'm so good with money, I forget the vocabulary. You know, is there interest, uh, inflation involved? You're like, hey, I spent five grand down there. Five grand today's worth. I don't think we have to get that Seventeen thousand dollars. All right, just I don't think we have to just, get that technical. Just the whatever you whatever you forked out at the time. I think you should get the return to you. I feel like that. You know what? They're getting a bargain. There's no inflation mm -hmm. and there's no interest involved here. 
I will say, okay, I'm going to foe it, but with the asterisk and expectation that that he, and I'm assuming I'm friends with the he, maybe I'm friends with the she, maybe I'm friends with the he in, in my hypothetical situation, that they have a divorce party that's badass, that's all expenses paid for. Ooh. That the booze and the food and the and the travel and the hotel is all, you know, it's all paid. Okay. Yeah, how, how, how close I am. Because if you're inviting me to... Italy or the Caribbean or I don't where the fuck you went in Texas. That's five grand. What did you fucking take a golden railroad? You know, it's, it's plane tickets. It's, uh, hotel rooms. It's this, it's that it's, it's just, it's nonsense is what it is. It's nonsense, especially if it doesn't pay off in the end. Not that it was going to yeah. pay off for me anyway, but I just want some reimbursement. Talk <laughs> about it. That's all. I don't need a reason here, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm faux, but I understand because I'm, his friend and I agreed to this, so I'll I'll take my licks and I'll move forward. But let's get to uh, let's get oh, to oh, Irv. Yeah, like Irv, Irv, you're you're married. Is it a is it a buyer beware type thing? You know, if if you but you're not gonna have the expectation that 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 a divorce is coming. You're you're coming to celebrate our wedding. Anything that happens after our wedding, too bad. If you buy the car and the car breaks down, fifteen miles down the road, fuck you. You didn't have a warranty. I feel like I have a very um, savage. We all have those friends that might be um, going through with marriage that probably should never get married. Mm. And you go to those weddings. Yeah. And so that's like my, you know, like, you know, I hear what you're saying (laughs) because rightfully, yes. The right answer is you expect nothing in return. You went, you had a great time. You know, they put on a show and everything. Amazing. But then there are those times where you're like thinking, eh, they probably shouldn't be doing this, but I got to go and support my friend in the situation. Right. And so those are the ones, those ones right there, you know, like. i tell you what, I feel like Wes kind of hit the sweet spot, though. It's like a reverse bachelor party. It's like, look, guys. I fucked up. My bad. <laughs> let's, go, let's go. Let's go bury this hatches. The hatchet here. We'll go out. We'll have some drinks. We'll have a fun night. You're not getting your five grand back, but drinks are on me. I could deal with that. Just a night of debauchery in the reverse. I'd be a okay with that. But yeah, I'm I'm still still a little bitter. So I hope you enjoy your time in Hartford, Connecticut, Wes. Vegas, baby. Now listen, I got a little more of a hundred dollar taste. We're doing Atlantic City. But don't worry. It's going to be fun. All expenses paid for. Gambling's on you, though. Uh, <clears throat> by the way, I have been to a wedding where I kind of felt that going in, and they sold out. I think it's called Chartwell Country Club in Crofton, Maryland, Anne Arundel County. What I felt about it is that they were having trouble within their first year. Someone, whoever paid for this fucking thing, should have stepped in like, yeah, you're going to have to make this last, like, Three years minimum. We had to get our fucking money's worth, motherfucker. Or nine months and get out, okay? Let's yeah. just be done with it so nobody has to split anything in half. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point. All right. Uh, Earth, thank you for joining your podcast, Crabs in a Barrel. Uh, we're going to get to the plugs where you can find any, every, you know, uh, all your streaming services if you guys have anything else on social media. Uh, what I want to know is tell us. Uh, your elevator spiel on the inception, where it started, where did you guys get the inspiration? Uh, were you guys kicking around some beers one day? Like, yeah, we ought to fucking do that. Yeah, actually, it's, um, I'd say COVID. COVID was our inception. Um, I wish we were kicking around beers. Um, it's probably, 
this will be the one time I'm a little bit serious tonight, but uh, like when all of the George Floyd stuff was happening and just like the world was in its big uproar, um, we realized it's myself, my boy Henny, Sean, Darian, and Ron, um, five black guys. We all have very different backgrounds. Our whole purpose point um, is just that, you know, like breaking down the, the idea that there's a monolith amongst black think, generally speaking. Um, so we just kind of go at each other uh, with just random stuff. But in, in the context of how it started, it was all of that stuff happened. We decided to start reading books. Yeah, crazy. 35-year-olds reading books. <laughs> um, books on some of the most serious shit uh, that you can think of, just history of... Um, you know, slavery and all kinds of shit here in the United States. And from that, we would meet up every week and just like go through the chapters and kind of break it down and have these conversations. And one day somebody's like, why don't we do a podcast about this shit? Like, you don't really, like, we're realizing that we're learning so much just reading these books. And, you know, we probably read like four or five throughout COVID and did this whole thing. And, and yeah, we, we kind of don't really do the book thing uh, much anymore. Just, People don't have time. We got kids and shit now, um, but it's it's overall just a, a a bunch of guys that get together. And again, idea concept is nobody thinks alike. Uh, people are just people, and like breaking down kind of the humanization of, of ourselves through sports and all kinds of topics. Why are you here? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, no, I applaud the shit out of that. Well done. No, I, I just feel like, you know what, maybe a bunch of white guys should get in a room and talk about groupthink a little bit, too. I think that would solve a lot. of. And then, hey, guess what? Then we all come together and we have the conversation amongst ourselves. Dude, that's amazing. That's awesome. Um, that's the one thing I'm grateful for COVID for is that it forced people to get in a room and have to, like, face themselves, face the music, and maybe figure out, like, do I think these things because I think these things or do I think these things because other people told me to think these things? Dude, that, that is so, like, that is so much of it. We we sit around and we're so influenced by social media and all of these different, and we've got episodes on that. It's just like, how do you stop all of the craziness? What we grew up with compared to now, I feel like we live in a whole different world. Like, yeah. and, and I'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you, no. and Irv, you have, you have a you have a young one, uh, and I know uh, a couple of people in the <clears throat> couple of your co-hosts, uh, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. Having watched you guys banter in real life and how entertaining that is, but when you talk about it wasn't what what it was when we grew up and how the world's changed, have you talked about the changing before your kids' eyes and how crazy it's going to be 10, 15 years in their you know adolescent and adolescence and formative years? Yeah, actually. <laughs> um... I mean, like, we've dabbled in it uh, just through our conversations really on, like, social media. And then, like, there's even an episode kind of really on the idea of groupthink. Um, but, yeah, like, it, it's a scary world. And we all have very, very different opinions on, you know, what we believe for our kids in the future. And so it's um, it's pretty interesting because I Alex has a, a three-year-old. And a one, I think she, Brooklyn's turning like one. And then I've got a three-month-year-old and, and Sean's got a one-year-old. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's just so wild thinking about what the hell 
um, these kids are going to see in the future. But that actually made me think of something that I always tell the guys, and, and maybe this is just some perspective that I'll drop on you guys while I'm here. Um, I think of the podcast more than anything as a way that my kid in the future is going to get to hear about what I said, what I thought, like really who I am as an adult. Like all those years later, you're laughing, Mur. What's up? Is that because something? I'm, I'm laughing because I know what we talk about, and I know this stuff's going to be etched in the virtual ether forever. And yeah. I am my kid's going to turn like 18 and be like, "Dad's a sick fuck." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He did not sit around with his friends and try to go over the social norms and mores and question them. He talked about a woman pooping all the way down a bowling alley for a Guinness Book World Record. That's what Dad was into. Yeah, so I, I, I fear the opposite of what you, like what you're doing is, um, you know, good and wholesome and you Noble. know maybe makes a change in the world. Where what we do is uh, a little bit the opposite direction. Hey, you say that now, but see. You think, think about how far the, the mind has gone to, like, the crazy political spectrum. I could be the old asshole to that kid, like, oh, God, my dad. Like, I could be canceled in the future. Good point. Well, <laughs> You know, we you just never know with this shit. We should be canceled in the present. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I always think of the, 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 what's that Jodie Foster movie where they, is it, uh, where they think they've uh, contacted aliens? Uh, the, the, uh, uh, Event Horizon? Uh, I don't think Signs? It's... No, Signs is the M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, it's Mel Gibson. <clears throat> I think it's Event Horizon. And they think they contact the aliens, but they just really open a portal to hell. It's, uh, it's not Lawrence a portal Fishburne to hell. It, it, no, I, no. Okay, fine, whatever. You see, Lawrence Fishburne, I think, is in Event Horizon. Anyway, I'm getting too long-winded with this, because I think the first thing that ever got shot out and that a distant world would see if they were picking up television signals is... Uh, Hitler, right? I think no. that was the first that was the first television broadcast event. But eventually, over a period of time, it'll just keep getting funneled out, and then they'll get to us. Then they'll get to the middle class <laughs> holes and crabs in a barrel, and then they'll be enlightened. That's and right. By that and point, they will have look, figured out a way to translate English to Gibigaba or whatever the fuck they speak. Yeah. And, and then voila. the spaceships, the spaceships will come to a screeching halt because they are no threat to us. Look at how juvenile and idiotic these morons are. The, gla the galaxy will be fine. Turn around, boys. We're going home. Actually, we need to get as far away as you can. They're really dumb. <laughs> Scooch. That's probably why they haven't come for us yet. Probably right. The dumbest yeah. beings in the entire universe. We're probably a comedy show to them wherever they are watching us. Entertainment yeah. at its finest. It's us just living. Wasn't that the, the the aliens and Simpsons were always the Simpsons are always like that? Yeah. Or just yeah. like getting getting chuckles out of it. Um, yeah. So what I wanted to ask you is, because and I to go back to a point that I made earlier, I've seen you all in action, and by I mean in social environments, whether it be uh, after at Wildly Gunther's or after kickball games or after flag football games, whether it be all of you or just a, a, a portion of. Uh, the co-host, and again, did you ever get to a point, because for myself, someone said, you need to get your shit out there. You have an interesting background. You have an interesting take on life. You're a funny guy. you got some wild fucking stories that, <clears throat> whether or not they get to a couple of years or thousands of years, did it ever get to a point where you thought, again, I'm a bit biased because I've seen you all banter, and it's hilarious, and it's funny, and it's entertaining. Did you think, like, yeah, we're entertaining guys. Let's fucking do this. Let's not talk about it. Well, we do want to talk about it, but let's be about it. Let's fucking make a podcast. 
Absolutely. And actually, it was probably like... <laughs> I just think about talking to Darian about the Eagles and prodding at him and Ron and Sean being big-time Ravens homers. Like, in your sports teams became a lot of, like, the outside-of-the-book talk. Like, we would get on sometimes. People wouldn't have read enough. And then we just started bullshitting. And even now, today, uh, I, I love that question because we, we did this one episode where it was just kind of a riff. Like, we didn't go, like, we screwed up, didn't have a topic. Didn't, and I was like, guys, why don't we just go off the cuff? Like, that was what we used to do, and that was what was entertaining. Like, I, I wish we could just, you know, have some small talking point and just get going because, to your point, that's when we're at our best. That's when we're the most natural and entertainment. Um, so, yes, absolutely to your question. We got there. We are there. We're trying to still figure out how to be more of that. And that's what I would say I, I love about you guys' podcast is everything I, I watch and your shorts and everything is just like a – it's a, a blip in time at just like you guys kind of just gabbing back and forth with each other and the most natural of conversations. Like, I could definitely see myself overhearing you guys out at a bar having that, having your podcast as a conversation. Yeah. I appreciate it, Murr. Fucking right, man. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's what we struggle. I mean, you know, inside baseball, that's what we struggle to find. It's like, we, you know, we do these stories that kind of we'd like to do them as jumping off points. And I think we're the best where, like, the story just gets us going. Like, there you go. Wedding. Should, fuck that. Should they pay you back? That's where, you know, like, that's where the, that's where the juice really is. That's where you find the, the heart of that fruit and just say, you know what, throw the paper away. And let's just start squeezing. What do we get out of this? And, and and it's not even what do you get out of this. Let's just have it. Let's just talk about it. Let's just argue about it. That's I think that's where people. I, I feel like you know I don't want to get political, but I feel like men have been under attack. But these are the things that plague men's minds. We're not that complicated. <laughs> I feel like we've been under attack. Like we've like orchestrated this entire fiasco that is the world. And it's like no, we just want to find out if we should get our uh, frequent flyer miles back because asshole could decide to get divorced after two years. And I spent my uh, entire vacation to go witness the uh, nuptials themselves. That's what we talk about. That's all we're about. That's and it. I just. I just want to cover my ass enough to be able to tell my girlfriend or wife to be like, I told you, I told you, I tried to warn you, didn't listen. I went along. I did it. Uh, I, I, I agree with that so much, Mir. Like, seriously, I, I think that is, dudes, we are not complex. We're, we're truly, I, I don't want to call us idiots, but we are the simplest beings out there. If you just let us do and be, there's not a complicated mess to it. Like, I, I think um, I saw some random thing. This would be the last thing, and I'll let you move on. But where like uh, it's like a video on uh, Instagram, and the guy is talking about how he's playing video games with his best friend. It's his best friend's birthday. He doesn't even know it's his best friend's birthday, but. The, the girlfriend is like, how do you not know it's his birthday? You've been best friends for nine years. That's crazy. No, you just tell me it's your birthday. Happy fucking birthday. You want to go get some beers? Have a, like, have a good time? Like, that, that's dudes. You know, and I just laugh so hard because I'm like, I don't know half my guy friend's birthdays. I don't. But when they happen, we have a good time. We live it up. And, like, I could see you three years from now.
and we pick right back up, no problem. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I got a like a window, usually like a week, a ten day span. I'm like, ooh, not gonna get the day. Am I getting close? Am I getting hot? The twenty second, twenty third, twenty fourth. I knew it. I fucking knew it. All right, I'm gonna mark my calendar next year. My best, my best friend is Wes's brother, and that motherfucker hasn't wished me a happy birthday in a, over a decade. And I will leave it on the phone, and be like, yeah, you know. So we went out for my birthday yesterday, and I'll pause. <laughs> yeah, and we went to uh, ah, cool. What'd and, you guys do? <laughs> exactly. Won't say it. He won't say. It. I almost feel like it's like a point of pride for him. I will never wish you a happy fucking birthday. I, I hold it against him, but I'm you know I'm not mad about it, but I'm mad about it. Such a good friend. Such yeah. a good buddy. All right. Well, speaking of compacts beans. This woman holds a world record, and you're going to get us in round two, friend or foe, right? Yes. And her sticks sticking around. Friend or foe with Irv. Here we go. Now, um, you know, I hate to say it, Irv, but I do feel like this is a total, like, white person problem that we're getting ready to get into here. Um, the Guinness Book of World Records, of course, holds records for all sorts of nonsense, and the world's longest competitive mullet for a female now sits on top of the head of a 58-year-old woman from, you guessed it, Knoxville, Tennessee. Mary, or I'm sorry, Tammy Manis sports a mullet measuring 5 feet 8 inches long. She's also now in the Guinness Book of World Records for irony because she's also the public health nurse. And she's been featured, um, let's see, she has not cut the back of her hair since 1990. Tani says that she first began to grow the hair in the 80s when she saw a video uh, called, I don't have no idea. Video by Till Tuesday called Voices Carry. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, Never heard of it. Uh, is, is, do you think it's a, it? a music video? Let me take. Why a don't peek. you look it up while I, while I continue here? Um, she said, "I went to get my hair cut at a barber shop, and the guy really said that uh, that's not my hairstyle, and not what? I can't even read this." Anyway, <laughs> well, it's woman, Tammy with an eye, dude. Do you think she's going to give you a good fucking soundbite? Well, no, I know. <laughs> well, sentences. I I know, but I I, I, feel, I you know what? I feel like I'm ruining this ruining this for Irv. It doesn't matter though because the friend or foe question is simply this: Should we champion people who go through ridiculous feats of humanity just to make their way into the Guinness Book of World Records? Should we allow these people to find a place in immortal history? Or should we not allow the Guinness Book of World Records to champion these kinds of events? The friend is, yes, let them do it. Let them go so the rest of the world doesn't try. Or foe, no, we should really put our, um, we should really put our stamp on these things and not let crazy be crazy. Because in my opinion, if you say you deserve a spot in the Guinness Book of World Records, that means that what you're doing is completely normal and you are the best at being an idiot. Wes, I'm going to start with you, and we'll get to Irv next. All right. By the way, uh, Voices Carry is a group that put out an album called Till Tuesday and the single Till Tuesday, and that it was the only single in that uh, album, and I think that's about it. I'm not going to bore you or pollute your ears or your minds with the sound bite. Check it out if you'd like. Uh, <clears throat> I'm throwing that one. Uh, <laughs> so I, I used to get yearly, or at least every other year, a Guinness Book of World Records for Christmas. And I was always astonished at the, hum- the, the human feet, tallest person, smallest person, fattest person, fattest twins, uh, the, the fingernails. Yeah, the person, that the, they would wind up and, and all this other stuff. I guess it's like something, because <clears throat> you can have 
these ridiculous like team jumping jacks or something like that. And people do jumping jacks for fucking four months in a row or something like that. <clears throat> At what point did longest hair then transition into these subcategories of longest mullet? Is Guinness that hard up for world records? Well, I got to tell you, there's a kid. I go to this grocery store in Elkton and he is purposefully <sighs> growing a mullet. And I stopped the other day in the mail truck with the window down. I said, hey, man, mullet's on point. I mean, he's got, like, he must be, like, 17. He's got the pencil-thin mustache coming in. But, dude, I mean, I can tell he's rocking it ironically. You know, like, he knows what he's doing. This is not like his... He wouldn't have done this if his buddies weren't, like, on the baseball team. He's in the dugout, like, Jimmy, you got to grow that mullet out, buddy. Brother, don't cut your hair for a year. See what happens. And that's where he is. This woman is trying to immortalize herself. And no one's going to catch her if she doesn't stop. So I guess yeah. that's the point of my friend or foe here is like, should we allow these people to find glory or not? I don't know how much glory. So for, first of all, she's defeating the male by over two feet. God, uh, Big Rich of uh, Strongsville, Ohio has a three foot, three inch mullet. And I guess that's just because, again, men are simple. At some point, like, fuck this, cutting it off. Don't care. Well, um, well, sometimes God just takes care of it. He's probably us, dead. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it, yeah. Be real. He, he's out of the race because he died. Yeah, it's not a match. It's just longevity. It's not a hair thing. Uh, and Tammy looks like she could... Uh, stand next to Dog the Bounty Hunter and fucking help catch criminals who are not posting bail or have outstanding parking tickets or something like that. But I, like, I'm torn between this. One, I don't care that much. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna foe it. I'm gonna foe the accolades that are given to a human being for growing a five foot five inch mullet. That's cool. You want to go to a fucking traveling show, something that a carnival or a freak show or something like this. Like, look at this, the longest mullet in the world. Like, wow, that's amazing. I spent $5 to look at that, but yeah, for, for instance, it's like this. Give me the world's longest hair. How about the, that? That's a Guinness book of world record. Not the mullet. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, I'll, I got my opinions. Irv, what do you think? Do we immortalize these, these people or just say, get the fuck out of here? Well, uh, by the way, hold on, hold, hold, real quick. Irv uh, is a prepared guest. He's got some fucking notes. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you, you gave me a, a lead, so I got to do my research <laughs> and understand what I'm going to be talking about. Um, so, all the way back to your intro. I first thought, this is the most white people shit I have ever seen. <laughs> For sure. That was that was my first thought. So I really appreciate you leading with that. Absolutely. Because it absolutely went through my mind. Secondly, <laughs> I, I ended up going down the fucking rabbit hole. Oh, good. And it just... I had so many emotions. <laughs> um, you know, the first of which... That stupid fucking hair is almost as old as me. Mm-hmm. Like, think about how ridiculous that is. Like, well, I'm gonna pause you for a second here because the mullet's five feet eight inches long. And Irv, I got got news for you. I'm five feet six inches tall. It's two inches taller than me and two years older than you. Thank you for crushing my soul. Five eight is my height as well. So, um, yeah, okay. So th- there's one. Um, if you watch the video. I don't know if you guys went that far with it, but no. she said the most country bumpkin ass shit. She has to dry it with paper towels because otherwise it stays wet for days. 
Wow. And she, that, ain't the type of, that ain't the type of chick that's using bounty either. That's that brown paper shit you find in like a Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Paper towels. I like died. I'm like, lady, a towel is that long. Like, come on now. But, yeah, she might but, even but, stick her head out the sunroof at the end of a uh, drive through car cleaner. Now Dale just sets her in the back of the truck and lets her stand up over the cab. Well, I got news for y'all. Because you didn't watch the video, you didn't get to see that... She tucks that mullet when she rides her motorcycle. Mm. It, into the I, shirt or I into the pants? Into into the pants. I was very prepared for her to tell me it was a belt loop. Like, I thought we were doing the full wraparound. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, just, I'm just telling you. When I hear that, like, and she, like, she said it with so much pride, I could not. And ultimately... I went so far down the rabbit hole, I was pissed off that these people are, like, being immortalized in this book. I'm like, how the fuck are they doing it? One, where, where do you find the weirdos? And, and I'm, you know, that's probably going to get me canceled. Where do you find these weirdos? But, hey, it is. Don't worry, it's on, it's on our show. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah. We've yeah. said so much worse. <laughs> and we'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but, yeah, even beyond that, um, you pay $1,000 to get in. Hmm. I did not know that. And 800 to replace the record holder that is currently in their position if you can beat them out. Ah, oh, so Guinness gets their nut. I, well, because I'm like, how are they making money off this stuff? Like, it makes no sense to me. Who continues to buy the book at this point? What, like, that's its own question. Yeah. Who buys the book today? Like, what are you looking for? When you well, open thing. the Guinness Book of World Records. It's a good thing I moved out and I grew up. My parents don't buy it for me anymore. It's that. Wow. <laughs> I, I, but I would be willing to bet that that might be like one of the top five most checked out books at the at your public libraries that nobody goes to anymore. Do you think there's people who ought to, who hold world records who simply just aren't recognized because they don't have, what, 1800 bucks? Sure. Yeah, I think there's some records you can't deny. Like, I don't know, like Usain Bolt, he's got to be in there, world's fastest human. Like, And he didn't pay to be in there. He just has to be recognized as such. But then there's the guy who got on the, I don't know, the children's moon hopper and decided to do the fastest quarter mile. Like, that guy's paying $1,800. That oh, guy's God. definitely buying his way into the book. <laughs> oh, well, just so you know, it's it's a 1000 separately just to get your entry in if it's a non, like nobody holds the record. Wow. Okay, so the, uh, and they so a thousand bucks to have somebody come check you out. Yes, and, and another eight to get replace the guy. No, so eight is just generally if there is no there is an existing record and you want to break it, you pay eight hundred dollars to be the new record holder. Like gotcha. once you have said record, so it, it, it's it's absurd, but it made it made it make sense for me because then I'm like oh these people but then i did think and this is the most disrespectful shameful thing i'm gonna say how proud she must have been to saved up that thousand dollars to have the world's longest mullet registered mm. guy from guinness is like taking notes like what's your name tammy t-a-m-m-y no tammy with an i excuse one me in. one in one eye what in what out? And it's I see this video. I, I haven't watched it. It's like a minute and twenty two seconds. And you know, you, you need to film about four to five times 
the footage that you're, that you're going to use to get, in this case, an hour or a minute and 22 seconds of highlights. You know the, the her husband, I'm assuming she's married, was like, man, man, doggy style. Doggy style works trying out. to see a ring, Wes. I yeah, was uh, really looking. Yeah. But you know that he was like, Dog, doggy style works out pretty good. And like, no, we're not using that. Cut that out. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and unlike, unlike... <clears throat> Previously, like your failed marriage uh, reimbursement that Murr talked about, you know for a fact if Guinness shows up and you got some sham bullshit fake record, they're getting their thousand dollars back. Oh wait, no, you got to pay. I'm sorry, never mind. Yeah. Oh yeah, no refunds. Mm. No refunds. Okay. So Tammy so... did her research. She knew that there was, she had the best damn mullet this land had to offer. Yeah, it's like my friends talked me into having a podcast. Her friends were like, Tammy, I think you should call Guinness. Like the beer? No. Like the book? Is the author? No. The fuck? <laughs> well, I had to check and see if those two were linked. Just so you know. Because then I was like, oh, Guinness, you're having a beer and you're laughing at ridiculous people. Makes sense. And then I realized they are not linked. But think about this. And just, just because I, I went there. Imagine if somebody waits for you to break the record just to have the record and know that they're going to immediately make your thousand dollars worthless and they come behind you and break it right after you do it mm. hold on no there's a guy he's like a he was a science teacher now he's like a professional like guinness book he's the guy i'm talking about with like the moon hopper he does like pogo sticks uh he does all this juggling and not all these nonsensical things yeah and he waits for somebody to break his record and then he just comes back around and does it again He's, he's yeah. like basically he's probably works for Guinness at this point. You should have. I mean, Guinness, if they really want to do it, have a candid camera thing where they have Tammy and be like, "Guess what, Tammy? You are the new world record holder." But not now. And then pull down the screen. Like there she is, Jenny. She beat you, Jenny, with an eye, bigger mullet, <laughs> and your thousand dollars ain't coming back. All right, have a good night. <laughs> All right. So just to clarify, Wes, your foe. Uh, Irv, where are you standing on this? Are you going foe? Foe. Definitely foe. You know, this is very rare. Usually, I don't like to contribute to people's insanity. However, I feel like these people's insanity causes other people not to go down these rabbit holes. I'm going friend. Because what happens is you've got these really manic, manic, wild individuals out there who will go through hell or high water just to make sure that they can have their name immortalized in this stupid book that nobody buys anymore. They're like, they're like the Jupiter for crazy. They catch all the asteroids of idiocy. That way they don't strike everyone else's psychology. That if, if there's a Tammy out there with a five foot, eight inch mullet, and then there's little Jenny, and she's like, oh, well, mine's three foot long. It's like, well, you're never going to beat Tammy. All right, I guess I'll go get my hair cut. You stop other people from trying when you see how far gone these other individuals are. Like me, I'm not going to try to get on the moon hopper and do the quarter mile in, uh, in two and a half minutes. But I thought about it, but then I saw old Danny McBride there on the, uh, on the ESPN Sports Center. I'm like, I can't beat that fucking psychotic individual, so I'm not even going to prepare myself for it. It saved probably months of my life of training. So I'm going to go friend just on that alone. They're almost like the gravitational force that stops other people from ruining their own lives. You need somebody to ruin theirs so no one else ruins theirs. And that's where I stand, and that's your friend or foe. 
All right, so you're foeing the pogo stickers and the uh, goddamn mullet havers of the world. Good for you. Bravo. Noble work. Now give us some more noble work. Feed our fucking minds. All right, Irv reads books. We don't read shit. You read a tearaway (laughs) calendar and then tell us what you read. And I can barely read anyway. You heard what I did with Tammy's story there. So let's get to it. Five fun facts for you fuckers on a Friday. Brought to you this week by the Crabs in a Barrel podcast featuring the one and only Irv who is joining us tonight. Irv, where can they find your podcast so that uh, everybody can check this thing out? This noble cause of a podcast, unlike this thing. Uh, I, I would say Spotify, Apple, um, all your main podcast streams. YouTube, all that jazz. You can find us. Uh, CIB the pod, just to make sure we got that right. Instagram, all that. We got some stuff out there. Still just getting off the ground, though. CIB the pod. Make sure you check it out. And let's now check out some mental floss. Amazing facts. Did you know the FAA requires that air traffic controllers be 30 years old or younger when they apply to the job? Controllers must retire at age 56 before most of them experience any age-related mental decline. Huh. Huh. Uh, Try not to make this political, but huh. They make them they make them retire before there's any decline in mental capacity. Amazing. So you're, you're saying there's a window between where someone is cognizant, has had some life experience, yeah. uh, is witty and savvy enough, and then post that they should get out of what they're doing and, yeah. and just live out their life in their glory years. And interesting. That's fun. Yeah, interesting. And they're only running planes. That's it. <laughs> 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 no, Sorry. I did not know that. Air track. I wonder if you can go on to do something else, though. Can you like? Can you get into the board? Can you be? You know. You know. Uh, uh, I'm sure you can I, train. I say the sure you... board like I know what the fuck that means. You know? <laughs> I, I'm sure you can train. I'm sure you can be like, uh, you know. All right, show, because there, dude, that is a compli. Have you ever seen how they do that job? It's complicated. I mean, it's stressful. I mean, they mm. those guys are like. I mean, if coffee's heroin, these guys are heroin addicts. Like, they can't, they yeah. have to pay attention to everything. I saw a really crummy movie in the mid-90s with John Cusack where he's a, a failed one who's having trouble because he, he got gun-shy once or something. You know, almost didn't, almost crashed a plane. Well, not himself. The pilot almost crashed it under his, you know, <laughs> tutelage via right, the right. microphone. So, uh, anyway, I'm going on. John Cusack movies are no good. John Cusack and... Jody Foster. I got to look this up afterwards. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, it, there, I, I would say there's got to be some jobs where, yeah, you got to. But I like it's built into the whole requirement. Like, you, you got to be. I almost joined the Air Force, by the way, like a couple of days before my like 35th. Wait, I, no, before you turn 40, you can be 39 and a half the day you show up to like Air Force boot camp. I was that close. I was like, fuck this job. I'm just going to let I'm going to let Uncle Sam tell me what to do from now on. Pay you, could, me. you could still, I think the merchant marines are still holding out, dude. We've talked about this before. You get in there, get some some sketched out cargo. I bet the merchant marines is probably more stressful now than like most of your other branches of the military. Everybody's trying to bring it to the shore, man. Yeah. Well, hey, Irv, do you agree with this? Uh, was it age 30 to 56 in the FAA? What is it, air traffic controller? You have to be the one who's guiding the plane in. Yeah. I have so many questions and I love it. I mean, I have 
I'll, I'll answer them. I don't have any, you know, responsibility for the answers that I give. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's just to, to your point, though. Like, they have these age limits. Like, wh- why is that the one government agency that, like, gets it? Right. Like, how is that not expanded to so many levels of just life in general? You know, to your point, Wes, like, okay, 56, that's the age we have determined is where deterioration just kind of starts to set in one way or the other. Okay, we should be able to go fucking kick it. That's where your mind starts to nosedive, just like playing X1432. Says to pull up now. <laughs> Dear God Almighty. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. Shit. Yeah. No, you're you're 100% right. I think this is it, it, the fact that there is a government agency out there that recognizes that there's, you know, uh, mental fatigue, shall we say, that occurs that yeah, we should expand that to lots of lots of other careers, lots of other voluntary positions <laughs> that exist in the world. So, yeah. All right. Let's move on before we get too far down that rabbit hole. Did you know the world's oldest known forest was located in what is now the Catskill region of New York? Fossilized roots from the ancient forest are about 386 million years old, putting them in the Devonian period. Pfft, fucking Devonian period. De- Devonian. God, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's, that's one of the least uh, eventful periods, if I you know, do say so myself. I mean, <clears throat> I've read the Guinness Book of World Records top to bottom, <laughs> cover to cover, millions of times, and Devonian's never mentioned. Not once, <laughs> for good reason. <laughs> Who dusted off the cobwebs on that one? I know. Oh, Devonian. <clears throat> what do we what do we stand to learn from any of this though? I mean, fossilized roots, old forest. I mean, look, I just heard the other day that like uh like six thousand years ago there America was like under an ice sheet a mile thick. You know? Like what if what Again, I come back to my theory that archaeologists just make shit up oh, to make yeah, things Earth. interesting. <clears throat> I know you, 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 you've only listened to segments of the podcast. Now, I'm not sure if you know this, but Murr believes archaeologists are also good fiction writers. Where, so, for instance, there's, uh, I, 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 for, he got the, the Iceman wrong. It was Otzi. But the, Otzi. Uh, so are you familiar with this? There was an Iceman who was found somewhere in a uh, uh, frozen, but the body was pretty well maintained. And now that 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 body somewhere exists in some museum somewhere around the world. I don't know where, but I, I think uh, I've seen this before. Yes. But then Murr said, all they knew is where he died and kind of when. And then the archaeologist makes up like, "Ooh, this Uzi, the Ice Man. He's a forest forager hunter. He was out looking for saber tooth tiger for his family. Then he falls <laughs> down. Does the family know where he's going to be? We don't know." Well, they Jesus said there was Christ, there was fun. an arrow. Apparently, he had oh. an arrow wound in him, and of course, right. now now it's he was murdered, or he fell thirty feet down a crevasse, and the arrow he was carrying in his own fucking satchel just happened to puncture his fucking lung, and he just died. Like other people have died throughout the entirety of human history, but no, he had to be stalked by another like Neanderthal uh, walking around, and oh, he was wearing the leather of a of a pack animal. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Anyway. Yeah, no, man. Listen, he was the guy. He was the guy. It was foul play. The competition was getting killed. He was he. Uzi was stepping stepping foot on a glacier where he didn't belong, and yes. and Lili fucking had a had a hell of a Lili, day. Huh? <laughs> and none of this happened during the Devonian period, which goes to show you the Devonian period sucks. Yeah. Did you know? 
1961, Prince Philip became the first member of the British royal family to ever be interviewed on television. He was interviewed for Panorama, the BBC's flagship current affairs program. That's wild. We forget how young this communication thing that we do actually is. Prince Philip, who just died, like, what, two years ago now? Was the first British family, royal family member on TV. And that was 1961. Damn, I watched all five seasons of The Crown. They didn't make mention of that once, those sons of bitches. Jesus, I thought this was, like, historical, accurate... I have, a, I have a very specific question for you, Irv. So, again, white people shit. White <laughs> women, especially in America, seem to be really, really, really into the royal family. Have you ever in your life given a single shit about the royal family over in jolly old England? Yeah, and and uh, uh, Pr- Prince Harry's wife doesn't count. All right, that doesn't... Oh, she does. <laughs> She's an incel. But continue. <laughs> Absolutely not. Other than, how the fuck are we still celebrating the enslavers in 2020 and beyond? Like, it, like let's just talk. Like, if we're just being real about like what this, in all other forms, they would be all arrested for crimes against humanity. You like, bring up a fantastic the, the point. The little queen, right now was an enslaver, genocide on her hands. Like, are we fucking serious? I'm sorry. But, like, that's the kind of shit that is so mind-boggling to me. I'm so glad I brought this up. Yeah. (laughs) No, I want to ask you this. In all seriousness, I've often wondered how, like, if I'm Britain, if I'm Britain and I'm the royal family, I'm definitely, like, when the issue of slavery comes up, going, like, yep, yeah, just let them fight it out. We're going to sit over here with our arms crossed and wait and see what happens. How did they, How have they gotten off scot-free this entire time? Like, they weren't complicit in all of it. Listen, you want to hear something funny? So, I, my, my, my really good friend, uh, Demla, he always sends me the, like, what's happening, worldly um, news. Art has recently been stolen from... Um, one of the British museums, and and then I think the same thing was happening in, in France and some other places in Europe, right? They said, we want our stolen art back. Mm, Their yeah. stolen art that they stole from all, like, it's ancient African art that they yeah. have fucking stolen themselves. We want our stolen art back. The irony! <laughs> the irony of this! Did you say, come, come get it, motherfuckers. Come get the, it. Well, <laughs> the, the African nations were it, like, they're like, hey, we actually want it returned to us, the rightful owners of said art and yeah. the pressure. Like, it's so mind boggling. No, I know exactly what you're talking about, too. And they're just like, yeah, you know, you guys, you guys took it from us back in like, I don't know, like 1500. So, yeah, that's ours. We'd like it. And they're like, well, I mean, the antiquity and the uh, oh, pomp and circumstance. They just start making up words and saying yeah. things. And they're like, but we we but we stole that fair and square. Why would you give it back? They're such dickheads about it, and they've gotten away with it. And, I mean, again, not that America doesn't have its flaws that shouldn't be pointed out. However, who facilitated all of this before we fought for the, the, fought the revolution? And they've just sat back and gotten away with it. Those dirty fucks. Fuck you, Prince Philip. So that's yeah. what, what I think you... of the royal family and all that bullshit. 
Good. Good. I'll Thank sleep you. better tonight knowing that. It's, it's, that's a good sound bite right there. I'm just gonna we're gonna we're gonna get that fucker. <laughs> Did you know those tiny little spots you see on your apples and pears are called lenticles, and they're very important. Just like people, plants need a constant stream of fresh air. Each little speck is an opening in the fruit that allows it to breathe. <clears throat> do you think it's, uh, it's, 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 it's uh, Yeah, do you think it's coincidental that it, it sounds like testicles? Kind of? <laughs> yeah. Just a, I mean, yeah, and you know what? Your balls need to breathe, too. That's a good mm-hmm. point, Wes. <laughs> if you have a spot on one, then you have a problem. I mean, that's what I told the cops. I was like, balls got to breathe, right? <laughs> Do me say these peaches and pears? No, just all all fruits. You know, you see like the little like uh, the little lines and little like little look like little dark spots, like little like freckles on there. They're yeah. actually like pores essentially for the fruit, and that Ooh. allows the fruit underneath the skin to actually suck in oxygen. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't eat fruit. You know, I'm just just a meat and bread eater here. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna be looking at fruit tomorrow, like one of the black things. <laughs> lenticles. 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 Hey, Beth, I learned something last night. I know you don't think I did that with these idiots that I did a podcast with, but that fucker right there. That's oh, a... And as I always say, not all fun facts are created equal, okay? So <laughs> did you know? In addition to a strict diet, which included chewing but never swallowing his steaks, Rocky Marciano maintained an obsessive workout regimen that went way beyond the heavy bag. The knockout king, who was born on Friday, September the 1st, 100 years ago, was convinced that he could even train his eyes to react faster in the ring by installing a pendulum over his his, his bed and watching it go back and forth. So he would, so he would work his eyes out. So he, he, he would chew meat in order to train his jaw muscles. That way, if he got hit... That you know he'd be able to take the punch and not like disrupt that nerve that runs from your ear to your chin and knock you out. At the same time, had the uh, the, the 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 patience and the dedication to spit it out and not eat it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! I, that's that, that I didn't know, and that's why I heard of guys like chewing gum. I heard of guys like eating small amounts of beef jerky. Why are whole... you obsessed with the steak? I don't get that part. I mean, maybe he just needed to keep his weight down so he could make the weigh in. But he's well, still I mean, like listen, a, 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 But he said he spit it out. He didn't need it. Yeah, he's trying not to put on extra mass. As a man, that's not fascinating that he had the fucking the, the, the regimented training to like. I know, but not you, I feel like the steak. Like, I know, but I feel like you're just concentrating solely on like jaw muscle activity. The guy who hangs a pendulum above his bed is just willing to like chew on his like shoe straps or something. Like he doesn't need the steak. Do you want? Do you want to know, like a parallel to this? This is. I'm drunk and I had a chick naked in my bed and I, I just I just put my penis close to her. Just run it up around there and I just put my clothes back on and went to my house and went to bed. That was good enough for me. <laughs> There's so many disconnected lenticles here. But I just think that the the, the I just think that the, the patience and the the wherewithal to do that. It's amazing. That's all. I'm moving the, on from you. The thing flopping around, yeah, you know, training his eyes, that's awesome too. He also used to train, he also used to shadow box in a, uh, <clears throat> like a, a custom built thing that was like, like about five foot to keep, keep low. 
Okay. And had his back muscles built up. Okay, since you know so much about Mr. Marciano, how tall was Marciano? Five nine. Okay. Five 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 ten. What what a big guy. He was a mountain of a man. What you saying? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He was as big as Tammy's fucking uh, mullet. How much do you know about uh, old Rocky Marciano, Irv? I just know he's a legendary boxer, like from the olden days. Look at him as like the great white hope of those of that time. Of all times, really. I mean, let's be honest here. I I have a, I do have a. How much into boxing are you? Not like, not since like we were when we like the the Holyfield Tyson. Like I watch it now. Like I I've watched Floyd fights. I've watched Oscar De La Hoya and all. But it's like not as entertaining to me really anymore. Now the local champ, Gervonta, love his work because he goes to knock bitches out. And that's the kind of boxing I want to see. I don't like the dancing around that these guys do nowadays. I want to see people go and fucking go at each other and go for a knockout. And I just don't feel like boxing is like that as much today. So, do, do you watch any of that bare knuckle stuff? Oh, no. See, now that, that's some gangster shit. And I don't like watching people like hit each other in the face and seeing all the blood and gore. And I, I'm like, I'm just thinking one of them is dumb enough that like one bad hit, you kill somebody. And now it's not even cool no more. Yeah, I, I was watching some slap videos today, and I'm just like, what, what is this, oh. dude? That it's awful. It's awful. I look, I can stomach a lot of shit, man. But like, watching this, like Dana White, didn't he buy into that or something? Yeah. Like, yep, like, he did. I wa- I'm watching a guy who's got. If you if you took the mirror and put it right here, he'd be a normal person. But then you expand it, and he's got fucking a head and a half. Like his like his brain's swollen. Like, we've yeah. been worried about CTE and all this shit for a decade now. He's like, oh. They're just like, they should be sponsored by CTE. That's what they fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Traumatic Head Injury. <laughs> and I Pfizer. Mean, dude, like, th- those guys are, like, literally hitting each other so hard, they're having strokes in the moment. Like, when you look at their face. I'm just like, God, like, I can't, I can't watch that. Because to me, that's too too close to human. When they got the gloves on, you know, but when you beat them to blood with the gloves, at that point, like, now I know we got some, like, a real fight, and somebody's just going to end up, like, losing here sooner than later. But, like, with the hand-to-hand, like, blood could come on one hit. Yeah. And at right. that point, I'm like, I've, that's where I lose my interest. Once now I know the next step is like could be death kind of situation. <laughs> yeah, it kind of stops being a sport when like a body bag could come out in the next round. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call the fight. I'm into Guinness for a thousand. Don't know if I can make it up. <laughs> oh, shit. And that, my friends, is your Fun Fact Friday. Oh, well, Irv, listen, man. Thank you for joining. Uh, do you want to give one more plug uh, for, for the for the crabs in the barrel? Sure. Yeah. Hey, Maybe. look us up on, on Apple, iTunes. That is Spotify. Um, crabs in a barrel podcast. CIB the pod on Instagram. Um, but yeah, just five guys, different opinions, just talking about shit. I'll have to have one of you guys on sometime. Yeah, Dude, and we will totally have to have you back. Seriously, like this. An absolute pleasure. So thank you so much for joining us, man. Hey, thanks for having me, fellas. We aren't doctors 
but we'd love to take a look at some more of the middle class holes. Earth, thank you so much for joining. Uh, check it out, folks. Crab in a Barrel podcast. Uh, as he mentioned, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I think he said YouTube. It's everywhere. Just fucking look everywhere. For it Crab in a Barrel and CIB podcast. CIB podcast. Okay. Sorry. There's something else. He had, he, he had the abbreviation. We're, we're drunk. <laughs> That's um, it. I, I know. And I, I want to go on that show. Look, I mean, look, I'm a, look, I'm a simple white man. Yeah. I have simple white man thoughts. I'd like to join some African American. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I'm glad these guys have done what they've done, where they've sat around and decided, like, hey, do we think this way because we think this way, or do we think this way because other people think we should think this way? That's beautiful. I think that's how everybody should operate. I think you should take everything with a grain of salt, especially the. I really think you should do a deep dive on yourself. Look, I'd meditate for sanity. But a lot of times in those meditation sessions, I think about, well, why do you think about it that way? Why do you think about it that way? And I think that's a, and it's great to sit around with yeah. friends that you trust to actually have that conversation. Like, and I, and I also, but, uh, and I had mentioned this when we were we were interviewing him. I've seen, I I know the co-hosts, uh, not well, but I've I, I've met them a number of times and have seen them interact. Uh, as as a unit, and as I mentioned, it's entertaining. But I, I he made a very valid point. We said, <clears throat> you know, just because we're all African American and of the same age, it doesn't mean we all think or feel the same way. So once we start talking about topics that either may be taboo or somewhat controversial, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean we all have the same opinion about it. And that's, I mean, that that was compelling in my opinion. Well, sure, especially because I think when you watch the news, like you know. Black Americans are supposedly only supposed to be like Democrats and liberal in thinking. And I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, just like, you know, if you live in the country and you're white, you're a conservative. If you live in the city and you're white, you're a liberal. You know, that's not necessarily true. And we should we should discuss these issues. Mm-hmm. We'd be better off for it. hundred percent. Figure out your Venn diagrams are pretty. Pretty similar. If you're rational thinking people, if you're rational thinking person, if you're a rational thinking person, there is so much overlap. There is very little on the fringe. There really is very little on the fringe when you're a rational, sane person talking about the way the world is and should be. And rational, sane thinking people write fucking thank you cards to fucking people gift their God damn it. All right, They're fucking kids, and they do nothing to do with <laughs> nothing. hundreds of dollars worth of shit. <laughs> Pimp my fucking dorm room. Hope it's worth it. Uh, all right, so we've had and, and granted, folks, listen, I, I, I hate to uh, show you the man behind the uh, curtain here. We sometimes record a couple shows in advance, and it's been a little bit, a little while since we've recorded. Uh, <clears throat> actually, up to date. Uh, and here's just being like early September. So we've missed a few celebrity deaths. So Murr had this great idea. Okay, we've got, <laughs> Murr said, we ought to rank them in order of importance. <laughs> I, all lives are meaningful, but some lives mean more. That's right. That's right. You're absolutely right. Listen, the, the, the micro machines talking guy, he was cool. The person who uh, f- f- cured polio, he's a better person. Um, hey, listen, 
Michael Jackson died on the same day as. Oh, when did Michael die? Uh, 2010. I don't know. Who was it? Oh, that would be Farrah Fawcett. Mm. God damn. Who did more for your loins? Hmm? I don't know. But I have danced at some weddings to a Michael Jackson song that may have done some things for my loins. So I didn't. Okay, fair enough. That is a fair point. That's a valid and fair point. Um, But again, you know, if Farrah Fawcett died a week earlier, because if she died a week later, it still wouldn't fucking matter. If she died a week earlier, it would have been, she would have had a whole week to herself. But now she just, some people are asking like, some people are waking up today. Some people are hearing this right now. Farrah Fawcett's dead? Like they don't even know. They don't I saw know. those nipples through that little white T-shirt last week oh, on that geez. on that poster in my bedroom. Oh. You might you might need that that you might have a space right behind your head between Harry taking a shit in the toilet and fucking right. between the Big Lebowski fucking. Ooh yeah, I could get there. I could get there. So we got uh, we got Jimmy Buffett, Bob Barker, and uh, Smash Mouth. Uh, <laughs> wait, is, <laughs> is, is, is it Smash Mouth? <laughs> I think the fact that we don't know his name <laughs> could give oh, no. you an order of importance. Here's, but here's, hey, hey now, he's an all-star. <laughs> uh, Steve Harwell. Yeah. Okay. Look, I will say this. <clears throat> I remember, okay, it must have been like the summer of like 97. I, I think we just graduated. Maybe we we're going to 98, still hanging out with some of the, the old the old friends from high school and uh, – uh, uh, Ron Joffmeister was like, if, I'll tell you right now, this is going to be the song of the summer. And it was all-star. And I'll be, uh. goddamned. I'll be goddamned if he wasn't right. Look, those guys left their mark. They left their mark. Smash sure. Mouth left a mark on the world. I, like All-star comes on, man. Like there, I don't know how many people don't know that song. I'm not saying they're happy about it coming on, but you're you're aware of that song. Smash Mouth had a couple of hits. All Star and Walking on the Sun. Yeah. Might as well be walking on the sun. Yeah, they, they made their way, somehow made their way through the, the, the modern rock scene of the time and somehow wedged themselves between the ska era and, and capitalized on both. And, sure. and any, anybody who can take their art and put it on the forefront for the world to be aware of. They did something with their lives. I have to, and, and you're right. And I listen. Uh, Steve Harwell is wildly more successful than I'll ever be. And I hate to say this, like, hey, uh, you play second fiddle to Jimmy Buffett and Bob Barker, but the deal is, <clears throat> we had to do it. We make hard decisions, and we're ranking him. We're ranking him as number three. Uh, I have to think that his blonde hair tips is what inspired Guy Fieri. And then at some point around like circa 2002, Guy Fieri was like, wow, uh, this is just, this is not in style anymore. And then I was like, Mph. well, you know what? Fuck it. I'm invested. I'm, I'm doubling down. I'm hoping <laughs> that the blonde dips come back. You know, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wear a toot. I'm, I'm not going to dye my goatee. I'm going to mm. wear my sunglasses backwards on the back of my head. That's my style. Mm-hmm. I'm going to critique food. Or actually just say, mm, yeah. But you know what? Time. I got to say, I don't like the Guy Fieri hate. I think Guy Fieri is a national treasure. And I think uh, Cleveland should be renamed Flavortown. 
Or okay. Columbus. I'm sorry, Columbus, Ohio. Columbus. Columbus should be yeah. renamed Favortown. Uh, but <clears throat> long story short, Sarah and I were at a Orioles game uh, last summer, and we're not realizing that a certain amount of Fridays or Saturdays are post-game concert. concert. Post-game concert, and it was Smash Mouth and Drew Hill. And she said, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm fucking... The beer is going to get open. It's like they stopped serving beer the eighth inning. They waited like twenty minutes. They rolled out the stage. I was like, "Fuck it, we'll just go down and watch." And Helena, I mean, All Star, Walking on the Sun. Then Drew Hill came out. Drew, for those of you who don't know, Drew Hill and uh, Cisco. Cisco is a Baltimore native. Man, that place was that place is bumping. That place is wild. That place is raw. That place is rough. Dude, then we went. Then we went home and passed out with our clothes on. <laughs> look, man. Look, I, I would have. I, look, I would have watched that show if I was there. No, I would not have left early. I would have watched Smash Mouth perform. Yeah, their hit. <laughs> Rest in peace. So, where were we? Ragging? I was gonna go Barker then Buffett. Are you a Buffett then Barker guy? <sighs> so wait, where are you putting? Okay, if we're saying one and two, who's your one? Who's your two? I'll say Buffett is one, Barker's two. Man, yeah, I'm struggling with this because it's t- like, listen, this this was not this is this, I, I wasn't brushing my teeth like no Jimmy Buffett, <laughs> like <clears throat> this is tough for me. But I've seen Buffett in concert twice. See, I never got to see Buffett in concert. Um, it's a it, but I, I, Bob Barker is a staple of Americana. I mean, mm, the whole he's a staple of unemployed Americana. You're absolutely right. That's that is. That is a, such a sound statement. Of our generation, like when you when you skip school or you fake being sick or whatever it was, like I mean eleven o'clock came around, the fucking prices motherfucking Listen, right is on. When Rob Ronnie fucking introduced him and those carpets came over and that shit crescendoed in the He came strolling out fucking <clears throat> Liposuction and Botox to a goddamn T. Hair slicked back, white teeth, and was given that goddamn microphone that's four feet long uh, and just the, the size of a toothpick. Oh. Ah, man, you couldn't help but be like, "Hell yeah, let's get to some washing machines." <laughs> and and he was a cocksucker, man. If you didn't know the game or you were a fucking twat, like he made sure America knew. He knew. He made sure that America that was paying attention. Rational-minded, sane-minded human beings knew that no, this is a this is an idiot. If you weren't aware that this is an idiot, I'm pointing out. You no, know, why would you do? No, that's the. Mm. Mm. He he would he would show his disgust in you. He was dude. He was a master of the uh, the the putt. I mean, he could he could. Bob Barker could sink a thirty-foot putt. Guy had been a California guy for fucking forty years. You think he didn't? Hit the, they they film like five shows a day. Crazy. Sure. He has some off time to hit some some of those like the L.A. Country Club. Probably the same place Tiger was fucking. <laughs> Tiger and Happy Gilmore were at. <laughs> uh, but but Jimmy Buffett. I mean that guy established like literally a way of life. Uh, the the fuck it all. I mean look, there's been times where I've been depressed. And fucking Margaritaville comes on, and I'm like, God damn, I should just slow down. I should slow down, find the slow point, and then speed up. 
drink more faster. <laughs> like, like I just there's just this thing about, and th- I mean, and then to capitalize on that to become this like hippie, you do you, but man, this is what I do, and man, if you try this shit out, you ain't going back. There's something mm. to it, man. So I don't know. Um, in my heart, I want to say Bob Barker's my number one. Okay. But I know that Jimmy Buffett is a bigger loss than Bob Barker. I w- yeah. So as a kid, as a child, my, my grandfather always had a Jimmy Buffett best hits in his in one of the he got a Cadillac every three or four years. But <clears throat> it used to be a soundtrack of a summer. Even some of these, why, why don't we get drunk and screw and meet 11? Like, <laughs> that's awesome. He's talking about having sex. Wild. <laughs> uh, but then having seen him a couple times, uh, it's, just, it's just like the being in a, not just a concert, but going there and experiencing like four to six hours of, of tailgating with true parrot heads. It was an experience. It that That's all. And that's. I, I, I think Buffett did, encapsulated. And I knew that uh, uh, a girl that I used to pal around with, my like 19 to 22 years old. Anyway, her parents had friends who lived in Sullivan's Island, South Carolina, which is adjacent to Charleston. Uh, mm-hmm. Buffett had a house there. And according to rumor, he fucked all the women. All, <laughs> every woman up and down Sullivan's Island. Well, How could they resist? I- well, they weren't called Barker's Beauties for no reason. <laughs> there was a lawsuit about it. Let's not forget. Uh, but see, this is why it's really tough for me, too, because I had two dreams in life. I either wanted to be a radio show presenter or a game show host. And the game show host was inspired by Bob Barker. I got to do one of them. And because I was a radio show host, I did get I got to host my own uh uh, newlywed game one time and I fucking killed it but man Bob Barker inspired like just that smarmy I'm more aware than everybody else attitude the fucking like there's something you know and the whole the whole pet spade and neutered thing did that make a difference maybe back in the 1970s oh, yeah. and 80s but uh nah but I think I think un- unfortunately Jimmy Buffett's gonna live on because of the music and it's a way of life. And it's a good way of life, man. It's a it's a relaxing way of life. It's a fuck all this stress and pressure way of life. And I think that is what America needs. And that's what Jimmy Buffett represents. And he was younger. He died of a really aggressive cancer. And that's sad. Bob Barker fucking didn't go over a hundred. He fucking he made it out <laughs> by the he made it out by the rules. And uh, you know, and, and unfortunately Jimmy Buffett was cut short. So I'll give Buffett the top spot in this one. All right. Excuse me. Uh, Do you want to tell the kids and the kidettes where you can find us? Bottom line is this. We are the middle class holes. Mm -hmm. There's a variation of that on all of your social media platforms. MDL class holes. Somewhere. Uh, (laughs) You can find us on Twitter, which is now called X, by the way. Only X. Like, that was like, <clears throat> can we talk about that? Like, can you just change the name that dramatically and then just, like, pretend it didn't happen, but it did, and then just be like, everybody's going to adopt it eventually? Like, are you calling it X, or are you still calling it Twitter? Mm. 
I don't X going to give it to you. I don't know. It could be. Could Have be you opened things. the app recently? No, I, I don't even. I, I haven't looked at Twitter in ages. It's not even the bird's gone, dude. It's just a Ooh. fucking. It's a black. It's a black fucking box with a white X in the middle. It's fucking X. You can find us there. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, TikTok. All the places you find us. You can also find <laughs> us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Podbean, anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find the middle classes. MDL classes is sometimes the abbreviation. <clears throat> uh, this person wasn't a uh, celebrity death, but it was a death of a friend that was very close and near and dear to me, a good friend, Mike Yonko, who I've mentioned on the podcast a couple times, passed away this uh, last week. Actually, the week before last, uh, <clears throat> succumbed to a, a rare, very rare type of brain cancer. Point is, I'm not. I, I am sad. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm. Um, still dealing with the uh, the <clears throat> the trials and tribulations of a friend of mine who I who I loved who isn't here anymore. But pales in comparison to the fact that I'm glad that I met him. I'm glad that I crossed paths with him. I'm glad that I got to call him my friend. I'm glad that I got to. Move into Baltimore with him. I'm glad that I got to tell him that I loved him. And uh, this show is dedicated to you, my friend. Wherever you are out in the cosmos, uh, hopefully uh, maybe this cross paths with you. So if you have a friend who, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, someone you haven't seen in a while, someone who you just love, someone who you, you consider your best friend, hit him up. Tell him you love him. That's what we're all about. And uh, this show is dedicated to my buddy. I just want to say this. The greatest thing about... Yanko, which is all I knew him by. I didn't know his first name for like a decade. Yanko. Like a si- Yanko. I was like a silent J. <laughs> no, it's a fucking Y. <laughs> Yanko like just showed up one summer at the basement, the foxhole, and uh, and I just and I swear to God, this is this was the the tone of Yanko's like presence it was like it was like the third year of a sitcom. Like this is Yanko. He's our friend now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, all right. And and after my first conversation with Yonko, he and I always had, like, disgruntled disagreements that were completely accommodating to each other. Like, it was just, like, we would get ferociously, like, argumentative, but it was all good. And I can remember my best Yonko story is I don't know why I was staying with you in your place in Baltimore. I don't know if there was an opening day the next day, if it was just to get drunk and fuck it one night. Um, But it was like 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning maybe, and I decided to sneak out your back door to have a cigarette, and it's fucking pouring down rain. And I crack open the door, and it fucking startled because Yonko's standing on like this little like 2-foot by 4-foot deck in a raincoat, (laughs) and he's smoking a pork butt. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? He's like, that's fucking rain. The goddamn fucking smoker is fucking losing temperature. So I'm going to have to sit out here and stoke it all goddamn night. Make sure we have fucking pork for the fucking morning. Like, all right, I'm going to finish the cigarette. (laughs) Head on in. He's like, yeah, fuck it. I'll be out here for a while. Get some sleep. I'm like, all right. And then, yeah, the next day we had pulled pork sandwiches, and it was amazing. Yeah, Uh, probably good, probably delicious, yeah. (laughs) And the other thing, the other story I'd like to, like, 
he had a massive record collection. And the thing that I'm most upset with myself about is when my radio station got sold. Um, it, there was a point at the very end where it was like, grab what you can. And there was like, there was records, lots of records. I still have those fucking records somewhere in this fucking house. I don't know what happened to them. I don't know where they are. I always promised Yanko, I'm going to find this stash because I know he would have loved them because they were filled with like weird movie soundtracks. Like the one that I really wanted to get to him was this it's a Harrison Ford movie. It was like a romantic comedy. I don't know what the name of the movie was, but on the cover of it, it's Harrison Ford wearing like a gray houndstooth fucking like fucking suit with a red tie and there's a woman standing seductively behind him. I don't is know what the movie a, is. Not Blade Runner? Uh, no, it's not Blade Runner. It, no, it's something like that he did between like where he played Jack Ryan and a shitty Indiana Jones movie. And I, I never got to give those to him. And I'm so yeah. mad about it because there were several occasions where I saw him and I thought he wasn't paying attention when I was talking, and all he was doing was finding the perfect record to play for the conversation that we were having in the moment. <laughs> so, God bless you, Yanko. This is here's okay. Now we're like jarring memory. Uh, it was you, me, Dewey, Jimmy, and him, and he was driving. We we're driving up for. Uh, we went up to see the Orioles Yankees play Orioles. in in in. in the last series ever in old Yankee stadium. We made a point. We said, look, let's, but we'll never going to get to see that stadium again. We need to go up and fucking do it. 2008. I remember somewhere in the Jersey turnpike where <laughs> we're trying to figure out pitching staffs for like mid nineties Orioles teams. <clears throat> and I thought I had like picked, I thought I had, I, 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 I was nearly certain I, that I knew who the fifth pitcher was in this I don't know, like 1995 or 96 Orioles. And I kept saying, the, I said the name, and Neon goes, no. I was like, wait a minute, that was really funny. And I just repeated the name. No. I was like, mm, you sure it's not? <laughs> no. And it's over and over and over again. And finally, like, Dewey, my brother, Murr's best friend, was like, if you fucking say that name again, Jesus Christ, I'm going to pummel you. <laughs> you sure it's not? Uh... No. Mm, no. Nope. <laughs> And he drove the streets of New York City like a fucking cabbie on fucking meth, and it was amazing. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I just remember sitting in the back seat, being like, "You win, whatever this game you're playing is, you fucking won it. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for fucking bringing me. Get us to West 86th Street. Let's get there. So, rest in peace, man. You'll be missed. All right." Middle class holes, everyone. Murr and Fox man. Alan will get back to us next week. We hope. Otherwise, uh, shit, man. We find someone else. Maybe we'll. Oh. <laughs> we'll find Steve Harwell. <laughs> Good night. Everyone.